Good morning and welcome to Highland Valley this morning. Since you are on your device, go ahead and why don't, leave us a comment and let us know you're worshiping with us. I'm going to do it right now. Good morning. And I spelled it wrong, but you'll get the point. So I see David and Sally. Good morning, Paula. Let us know you're here. This is our form of evangelism right now, liking, sharing, and commenting. So please make sure you do that and say good morning to us. We love to see you. I'm Crystal Taylor, the Director of Children's Ministries. We are in the third week of examining our walk with Christ and the essential practices that we do to have a relationship with Christ. We've looked at our first two vows, honoring our church with our prayers and our presence, and Pastor Washington will be bringing the message a little later, and he'll remind us of our third vow, the third way that we can walk more closely with Christ and continue to support our church. Let's begin this morning with a word of prayer. God, prepare us to be tried and true, pure and holy sanctuaries, to live as spirit-filled, healed, and transformed sanctuaries just for you. As we gather before you, God, reveal yourself to us. Speak to us in ways that illumine our darkness and enliven our steps. Come alive in us. Call us by name and give us the commandments of new life. Move our hearts closer to yours and center our thoughts on worshiping you and you alone. Wherever you find us, whether on bended knee, seated or standing, transform us into your image of perfect love. Create within us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sings my soul, my soul. 
a special visitor with us today. It's Romper! Romper, we haven't seen you in so long. Hello, I know, Miss Crystal. It's me. It's me. It's your old pal, Romper. Yeah, Romper, actually, once I say that, we haven't really seen anyone in so long. What? No church? Well, we've had church, but our kids have had to watch church on TV or a computer or a cell phone. We haven't been able to be in person, but you know kind of what that's like because you've been away for a long time too. Yeah, and it's been hard to make time for all the things I want to do to honor God when I've been away from you and the kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're kind of all going through that, Romper. We're, so at Helen Valley, we're using this season of Lent, the season that we're in right now, to remind us of some of the promises we made, ways to think about our time, and tips that we can still put God first. Yeah, yeah, and I think the, the first two, we said we would be close to God, we must to, to be close to God, we must talk to God. So we promise to pray, and I've been praying my five times a day. And I bet the kids have too. And then our second promise we made was to honor God and our church with our presence. That's right. And we said we would make coming to church or watching church important. And so that's our first two vows. And our third vow, our third promise we made was to honor God with our service. We said that we would be the hands and feet of God. So, Miss Crystal, how can we serve God and our church when we can't be around people right now. That's the tough part. And that's why we're kind of reminding of these. And that's why we're kind of re-going over these. We can't be together, but you can bring food to the food bank. 
you can donate toys, you can pick up trash in your neighborhood, any nice kind act that you do to be the hands and feet of Jesus is service. So I can serve God by doing anything that helps others. I can do the dishes for my family. Yes. I can treat people fairly. Mm -hmm. I can include others in my game. I can speak up for those that can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. I can be an instrument of God and God can use me. That's right. And this week, to be God's instrument, we're going to use our hands again as a reminder. And we've done this. We said for prayer five times a day. We said for presence five scriptures a day. And to remind us of service, five acts of kindness a day. And through those five acts of kindness a day, we'll be blessed five times a day and encouraged five times a day. Miss Crystal. Yes, Robert. I'd like to pray. Oh, yes. We would love it. Dear Lord, use us, guide us in how we can be your hands and feet. Help us to extend your love and for us to others in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Romper. And we hope you use your fives to help you remember that to have a close relationship with God, we have to do some work, too. That's right, Miss Crystal. All right. See you next time, Romper. Bye-bye. Good morning. We're delighted to have you here sharing with us again in our worship moment at Highland Valley United Methodist Church. I ask that you would take your Bible or your uh, instrument that you can pull a Bible upon and turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. We'll begin reading with verse 35. Again, that's Mark, chapter 10, verse 35. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it had been, it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, "You know that among the Gentile, those who whom they 
recognized as their rulers, lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's bow for a quick word of prayer. God our Savior, Lord of our life, guide of our steps. Be with us and keep us at this time. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I have entitled this message for today, Even the Son of Man Served, based upon this lesson text. This is the third Sunday of our Lenten season series of sermons. And in it, we are talking about those five vows that we make when we become members of the United Methodist Church. We've already talked about prayer, and we've talked about presence, and today we're going to talk about service. And the other two remaining after today, uh, the vows that we make, is gifts and witness. The vow we are highlighting today, again, is that of service or serving. Our text for today is an impactful capturing of what it means to serve. Jesus and his disciples were on their way to Jerusalem. He reminded the twelve what it is to serve and to be of service and to seek to do the things that God calls us to do. It was on that trip that some insightful and very helpful things unfolded, uh, not only helpful to them, but to us in our Christian walk of life. It was about the great sacrifice. Jesus talked to them about the great sacrifice of service. And he shared with them that service is not inwardly focused, but outwardly focused. Oftentimes, service is a lifelong dedication and commitment to help others to a better life. And that's just what Jesus' life and his ministry and commitment was. He gave his all to help others. As a matter of fact, to help all of us. In spite of being betrayed, in spite of being condemned, in spite of the flogging he would receive, in spite of the humiliation, and in spite of the execution that was awaiting him, Jesus would not renege on his service or his sacrifice. Listen, 
to the words as they are in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 33 to 34. C, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mark him. They will spit upon him. They will flog him and they will kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. His words, the words of Jesus that he spoke to them on this occasion must have left an ominous feeling among the disciples. But their focus, their focus was not so much upon the horrible events awaiting Jesus as much as it was upon their role in the coming reign with the Messiah. They anticipated glorious things happening. Now, the feeling of the weight of the text that struck me when I reread it and when I, when I tuned in to how the disciples were responding, it caused me to wonder how lonely Jesus must have felt. Think about it. While Jesus is treading the pathway to the cross, while he presses his way through the mental and the physical and the emotional anguish of what was about to befall him, the 12 disciples were captivated by the thoughts of what they might gain. They were not thinking what Jesus would suffer, but of personal achievements. They understood that the cross had something to do with the reign of God's kingdom. But the cost, the pain, and the price that it would extract from Jesus did not register with them. They dimly saw thrones for themselves. Captivated by this picture, James and John tries to get ahead of the game and secure the foremost place for themselves in that new kingdom. But when the attempt to push in front was detected, the other disciples were angry. They were not so angry because James and John were insensitive to what Jesus was about to face. They were angry and upset because they, James and John, beat them to the punch earlier. They had argued among themselves over who would be the greatest in the kingdom of God. They are now angry. They missed out on the chance to do what James and John 
that's dark. You see, jealousy and envy had spilled over into complaining. Now, I want you to notice that the, the clash between the selfish ambition of the disciples and the sacrificial service of Jesus. I want you to notice the clash between seeking power and that of Jesus seeking God's purpose. The clash between personal triumph and that of Jesus for group success. However, Jesus not only chose the way of a servant, but the way of a leader also. Now, there is a kingdom value in knowing how to balance these two. That is, how to be a servant and how to be a leader. You see, a significant aspect of leadership is knowing how to serve. So Jesus seizes that moment to set the record straight about what it means to serve or to be a servant. What it means to have a servant's heart. One last time, Jesus goes over this with them. Jesus gave instruction on what it means to be great in the kingdom of God. And more than not, it has to do with service. It has to do with an outward focus, a focus beyond our personal trappings. To provide real service demands that the giver has the benefit of the others in mind. Not so much the benefit of what I'm going to get out of it, but what will others get out of me serving God through helping them. Not an authoritarian and hierarchical system but a servant leadership. We are to serve, which means not counting ourselves superior to anyone else. It means not insisting upon our rights before others, instead yielding to others. Now, we have in this incident Two parts. Part one, the request and its answer. Part two, the indignation of the ten and Jesus' rebuke of that. Basically, Jesus says to all of them, what you are doing, what you are thinking, and what you are saying is not of God. You see, it's important that we serve, but more importantly, that we do it the way God would have us to serve. What you are doing, Jesus says, is threatening rather than thrilling to God. Like many people today, the disciples were making the mistake of following the wrong example. They looked around them and they saw how others 
how others had wielded and, 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 and ruled power over, over those who, who, who were serving them. And they wanted some of that. Jesus said, that's not it. Instead of modeling themselves after Jesus, they were admiring the glory and the authority of the Roman ruler. Men who loved position and loved power. While there is nothing wrong with aspiring for greatness, we must be careful how we define greatness and what we want to achieve if we receive it. Jesus said, whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Mark 10, 43. God's pattern in Scripture is that a person must first be a servant before God promotes that person to be Ruler. This was true with Joseph. This was true with Moses. This was true with Joshua, true with David, true with Timothy, and even true with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, God is looking for those who are willing to serve. How about you today? Are you willing to serve? Are you willing to be of usefulness to God in his kingdom expansion? Even God's son served. It is said that the great violinist Nicola Agnini wielded his marvelous violin to the city of Genoa. But he wielded that violin to that city with one condition in mind, that the violin was never to be played again. It was later on discovered and understood that the wood of such an instrument while used and handled, wore only slightly. But while sitting in a display, they found that the wood deteriorated and decayed. So as years have come and gone and as time has passed, Paganini's lovely violin has become worm-eaten and useless except for a relic. You see, violin needed to serve. It needed to serve its purpose. As Christians, as believers, 
if we are unwilling to serve, we cease to do and to be God called us to be. Serving God has a way of keeping us fit for our intended purpose. How about you this morning? Are you serving? Are you meeting the need for which you were called for? I pray you are. You be blessed. We'll see you next time. Good morning again, and thank you, Pastor UC, for that message. As we prepare our hearts to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings, I want to remind each of us that nearly all missions at Highland Valley are funded through your generous second mile gifts and community grants. In 2021 alone, and I was just thinking, that's only two months. In 2021 alone, we have received over $18,250 for missions, such as our food pantry, infant care ministry, Watson, and COVID-19 mask ministry. How exciting to think that our gifts paved the way for service, not only to God, but to others. As you prepare your tithes, offerings, and second mile gifts, please join me in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for gathering us here today. Please give us eyes to see, hearts to feel, and bodies to serve our friends, family, church, and community all around the world, regardless of differences. Help us remember that our gifts are just one of the many ways we can uphold our vow of service. May this act of worship transform us into servants, and may these tithes, offerings, and second-mile gifts fund missions and ministries that share Christ's ransom with many. Amen.
this is first Sunday of March, and we will observe our Holy Communion. I'm hopeful you have your elements prepared so that you can join in this very sacred moment. If not, please go ahead and take a moment to get those and prepare them. Um, we do this in remembrance of what Jesus asked of us, that we eat of the bread and drink of the fruit in remembrance of his body and his shed blood. I am prayerful and hopeful that uh, we are quickly making our ways back, our way back to where we can do this in person, but for now we will do it this way. On that night when Jesus met with his disciples in that upper room, he took bread and he blessed, he broke it, and he gave it to them. He said to them, take ye of this and eat in remembrance of my body, which is given for you. And then at a point in their gathering, he took the cup. And he said to them, this cup is a symbol of my shed blood for you and for me. Drink of it, all of it, in remembrance of my shed blood. And so we come today to do so. If you would take your elements for communion, and if you would take whatever bread, whatever you're using for bread, take it and eat it in remembrance of Christ's body given for you. Then if you would take your drink and drink it in remembrance of Christ's blood shed for you. You show by your coming, you intend to lead the new life following the commands of God. I will say to you, rise and go forth, proclaiming the love, the grace, and the goodness of God. Be blessed. We will now prepare for our closing song.
God has granted us a tremendous opportunity, and that is to be of service, of service to his kingdom works, to his church, and to others. I pray that you join with God and with me and with many others in doing so, so that we can fulfill the purpose for which God has blessed us. Until we see you again, you be blessed. See you next Sunday, hopefully.